0: Like to indulge in Billy. Now's the time. <laughs>
1: uh, well, son, I guess you're right. I am a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Bill. Welcome to another episode of the 13 Nights of Halloween. This is Tim. And tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, hey, everybody. Uh, my name's Jonathan. uh I currently reside in the state of Texas, a good old DFW. Uh, went to sc- art school with Tim, good buddies. We enjoyed movies yeah. together, and I've seen lots of films, and I'm a big media person. So i uh, got a, a lot of scene and a lot of like to say about all of it.
1: <laughs> I thought that's why I thought you would be the perfect person to reach out for for this one. Yeah, I think the last time I actually physically saw you was at my wedding. Almost three years ago now, which yeah, is crazy. That is right. Which is crazy. Yep. <laughs> Great wedding though. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was I was glad to see you could make it genuinely. All right. So tonight we are talking about society. It was released in well, released in 1989 in Europe, released years later in the US. Uh it's not really super well-known movie. In recent years, it's kind of developed a cult following, and we'll dive into All the aspects of it and discuss it as we go. But Society is a body horror film directed by Brian Yuzna and starring Billy Warlock, Devin DeVasquez, Evan Richards, and Ben Meyerson. Its plot follows a Beverly Hills teenager who begins to suspect that his wealthy parents are part of a gruesome cult for the social elite. The the film was completed in 1989. It was not released until 1992. It was Yusna's directorial debut and was written by Rick Fry, conceived and written by Woody Keith. So there's a little bit of background on it. Uh, Jonathan requested I go first. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in. I gave the story, the plot, a three, which is good. I, I actually... There's a famous scene at the end of this movie that we're it's going to be hard to talk about this movie without addressing this scene, but we're going to get to it. Um, (laughs) It's kind of like this scene was even watching it, thinking back on it. This scene was the idea that the rest of the movie formed around. It was this wacky out there scene. Um, And in some ways, the story kind of feels like that. It was like, how can we have this secret society underground cult for the elites? And what can we do to reveal this? And so in some ways, the story feels a little haphazard. In some ways, I actually thought they did a really good job with it. And I was pretty intrigued. I was aware of this famous scene and aware of this movie, but I never actually sat down and watched it. So I went down that rabbit hole and I was actually following along and I was I was surprised at kind of the uniqueness of it secret societies aren't super unique um but they combine that kind of secret society aspect with that unreliable narrator in our main character where is he paranoid is he seeing things is he losing his losing his mind or is all of this really happening and they they did a nice job kind of hooking me in it wasn't great it's not amazing but i had a good time with it so story and plot i gave it a. A
0: three.
2: Okay, yeah, um, I, I feel the same on that. Uh, I've seen a lot of crazy, different kind of horror films in, in my years, and especially throughout the the eighties and nineties, I, I saw stuff as a child for horror movies that I should not have seen at such a young age. Clearly, um, I'm <laughs> such a weirdo now, but that's beside the point. Uh, but yeah, just I mean, this, this, the story overall. It's I didn't really think of it as much in the terms of exposing, you know, special club society, like, kind of, like, underground stuff so much as just the fact that I mean, it's hard to explain. Like, I, I wasn't really expecting much of it, because, like, I saw the trailer, and I was kind of like, mm, okay, maybe sort of. But then as you get more into it, you know, and the story starts to unfold more, then it becomes a little bit more enjoyable. So, I mean, at first, because I had a lot of harsh criticisms about some stuff, but with the story overall, once you get through the whole film, it's like, okay, that, that was a pretty decent story. Not quite the direction I was going to think I you know, thought it was going to go, but still, cool for what it was, but still, not super amazing, not something that's going to really catch you, and stick in your mind for a long time.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, then, jumping into character, this one, I again... I I was mostly surprised by this movie because usually when I hear about this movie, I hear about the shunting. Okay. The, the scene at the end is called the shunting. That's (laughs) kind of what everybody talks about when they talk about this movie, but not this, the character arc is really, I actually thought it was pretty good. Again, it's this silly idea of a film really And they put some good stuff into it to make it a little bit more watchable than, you know. Um, But we have this son of these wealthy elites and really the whole time he's struggling with feeling that he's not really part of the family. And it's it's not super in deep. It's not great. You know, they're and they're not going to win any awards for the character arc here. But there is kind of like that turmoil of he doesn't really feel part of his family and he's worried his family is involved with something that he doesn't agree with. And he has to go on this journey in that arc of discovering what that is and discovering who he is in it. It's not top notch quality, but it's also not, you know, it's not really an afterthought. It is kind of how we get through this film is following this boy's story. So I gave it a 3. I thought it was a good character arc for the him.
2: Uh, I'm still same same page on that. I still went with a 3. I kind of kept that mid-range but not too low. Um, like I say it's it's an 80s film, so uh, it wasn't really a big film when it came out, so you know the talent's not going to be super amazing exactly, but with the with how the characters developed and the way you see it, you know how things change throughout the story of the movie. It's. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Uh, there was some stuff that was kind of odd and kind of weird and quirky that maybe could have done without, or certain things they could have improved on, as far as the characters. But for as as a whole, it, it was decent.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I forgot to mention about how they really the main character walks this fine line of being unlikable and still likable at the same time. Uh, he says a lot of really snooty things about his upbringing but at the same time you kind of feel bad for him like i'm not even sure if it was mentioned that like i was thinking he was adopted and it might have been because three of the characters were blonde and he is the only brunette in his family and i was like that kid's adopted he's like that's going to be the storyline here but i thought
2: same thing yeah that was one of the first things i went to
1: yeah when we we get the resolution of that and we find out that he actually is not spoiler alert he's not part of that family uh which i'm pretty sure we're going to talk about that scene mostly in the special effects category
2: oh there's so many things we could say about, more than a couple of scenes in regards to the family
1: oh. yeah oh yeah uh music and sound design this is one that i actually i don't have a whole lot to say on this one this one usually goes by pretty quickly Uh, It's it's got the typical 80s synth horror score, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the part that I love. Is when they use it, I'm going to say it wrong, the Eaton boating song or Eh Eaton boating song is used throughout the film and especially in the climactic shunting scene, it is used almost to like. Comic, but also extremely unsettling effect, and it was used beautifully. It's also used in the opening credits, but they it's almost a parody of the song where they have changed the words to fit the narrative of the story. I thought that was pretty clever. The rest of the music is not super memorable or yeah, it's not worth it, but using the an boating song, i actually I actually really enjoyed that choice for those scenes.
2: Okay, well, so the soundtrack didn't do much for me. Like you said, it's, it's your typical 80s synth stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you, you hear that through all the 80s, early 90s stuff. So it doesn't really make much of an impact, doesn't really stick in your brain, with the exception of, like, the one song, you know, yep. they used to multiple parts there. But, you know, so I kind of worry about them overusing it to a point where because, like, it just becomes like, okay, why do they keep using the same tune? Like, why aren't yeah. they changing it? Why isn't there more of the soundtrack? But you know, as long as they use it in the proper places, then it's not so bad. But overall, yeah, not not anything that really stands out as special music wise.
1: Yeah, I tend to go like it stays in the positive category as long as there was nothing that was like, "Ooh, that was a bad choice" or really took me out of the film. Then mo- this movie doesn't really have it. It's really just background synth atmosphere until the important scenes when we get the eat and boating song. That's that's about it for this soundtrack it's solid it's not something you're going to find on spotify and listen to in the car
2: yeah i mean there wasn't really anything about it that that was memorable like i said it's just i didn't really like even acknowledge it was there because i'm trying to figure out so much about what's going on in the story
1: yeah i totally agree on the same page for that one so far we've been on the
0: same page for most of it (laughs) uh Our US-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the million dollar protection package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right. So editing and special effects,
1: we are breezing through this. Um, editing and special effects. This is the movie right here. I gave it a four. The special effects in this movie are by Japanese special effects makeup artist Screaming Mad George. Also did the special effects for, I believe it was Big Trouble in Little China.
2: Dude has lots of credits. He was huge. Yes. He's one of the premier special effects artists throughout the 80s and early 90s. So the dude's a legend in his own right. Through that time yes. period.
1: absolutely. He's he's incredible artist. So let's we're gonna dive into the shunting here. um most of the <laughs> film <laughs> most of the film has very little in terms of special effects. Yeah. I actually, to touch on editing quickly before I dive into that, I actually really appreciated the beginning kind of dream sequence in it because it's edited like a slasher film, and you're like heavy shadows the particular angles the way we're watching the character go through the house is set up to make us believe that this movie is going to be a slasher and then it is definitely not um but brian usna also comes from he's a producer for movies like uh reanimator yeah so he's known for some crazy out there gory special effects films and this movie is a departure for that um Screaming Mad George comes in, and they used the some paintings of Salvador Dali, actually, for oh. influence. Yes. Okay. Um, I can get with that. I have the titles of them. I don't know if I can find them real quick.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, but anyways... Um, yeah, so in the shunting in this film, basically we find out that our, our main character actually is not adopted per se, but he's not part of the family. He was basically born and raised to be a sacrifice for the society. Uh he's not even the same race as them. But what this crazy. <laughs> but what this race is i i have no idea what this race is they don't tell us it doesn't say it's alien i believe there's a line mentioned about how it's kind of ancient been here since the beginning of time
2: correct they um, they said that they were not aliens they said oh, specifically they were not aliens and that they've oh, been there since before you know as long as they have
1: okay yeah so again that's i mean you can go down rabbit trails of um conspiracy theorists and what <laughs> uh, This movie still remains relevant as far as social class storylines go and the people out there who believe that there might be secret societies running the government. Just throwing that out. Um, okay. But this society participates in something called the shunting. And what happens, I i don't know how to explain exactly. I think I can. Oh. Uh, Okay. If you if you want to take a shot at it. Yeah, yeah, go for it.
2: Okay, so basically with the shunting is it's like everyone like, they don't have a name for it necessarily, but for the society, but it's just the society. So even though we don't know what race they are specifically, they're just society. Yeah. And basically what it boils down to is when they do the shunting, they become like a an amorphous amalgamation of all of them together. It's like their bones somehow either go just straight soft or dissolve. As they, they kind of become like this, this, this putrefaction. They just kind of melt down and they join together for pleasure. And as part of the shunting, when they have their sacrifice, they will, they will bring them into the shunting and suck everything out of them until there's nothing left of them. And that's part of where they derive their joy from. And it's, it's a weird kind of like – it seems like just kind of a crazy orgy thing. And it, it, it pretty much is.
0: Yeah. I mean, because they're just
2: deriving so much pleasure because all of their bodies are all connected through all their nerve endings through just this giant amorphous blob that they become while they absorb somebody.
1: It's complete Ooh. with way too much uh, jelly. Um, yes. A lot <laughs> of squelching and sucking and liquid sounds. And it's – you get the full – Full effect. Um, It's evocative for sure. Oh, it's also, it is, I I can't really explain. I'm pretty sure my wife was horrified. Um, (laughs) I was also, I was both unsettled because it is this group of people who are like melting into each other while basically absorbing another human into them. And you're watching that human like shrivel and decay while alive. And it's kind of, it's unsettling and at the same time we're getting that Eaton boating song playing and it's kind of humorous and it's just it's very dark kind of a little funny some of the morphing that these bodies do later um the famous scene from this movie is i guess i am a butthead where the guy literally yes. has a <laughs> yeah he literally has a head in his butt it's it's wild. Um so it's it's very dark, almost tongue in cheek sense of humor for this whole scene. But the, t- yeah.
2: It's like with that open like when you see that beginning sequence of the movie, the intro sequence, yeah, it definitely it's it's at first I was like, man, why is it so dark? You know, because you see that in a few spots in the film. But it's like, yeah, you, know, you, you think it's some kind of like slasher, weird gore, someone's rubbing like blood and stuff all over themselves, like just mm-hmm. everybody, Only to find out, no, that's not just one person. that's a whole bunch of people just getting super freaky in this weird blob thing. Yeah. You know, and it's it's weird because with the special effects. Because you don't, like I said earlier, you don't see a lot of the special effects in the film. You you get the one part where you see this, where Billy's walking in, trying to grab some lotion, his sister's in the shower, and he sees that she's standing backwards, but it looks like that she is, her chest, on her back.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, and then you see the part where the guy's running against for for student body president, you know, he sees him in the car, and it looks like his throat is slit, but the dude's actually alive the next day.
1: Yep. You know, and they, there's the little bladder effect in the sister's back when he's zipping up her dress and oh, her back yeah. bulges. Yeah, yeah it was weird. there's just these little hints that and you're like, man, something's not right. And they're all all those little effects are so good that they don't like you're not distracted by them. You're not like, wow, that effect was either so bad or so good. You're like, what is going on here? And it's really pretty fantastic. Uh, There's also that, um, well, the scene at the party, the sex scene at the party where the girl has two right hands. And then the Mm -hmm. next scene, the next scene, he like freaks out, flips out of bed and she's like twisted around kind of legs upside down. Yeah. But then you get into that shunting scene at the end and the special effects take center stage. This was the scene that clearly the movie was built around they were like, we want to do this. Apparently, it was based on dreams the director had when he was younger. Oh wow. Ye- yeah, probably want to okay. see a therapist about that. Um, but it's really just a wild idea. And Screaming Mad George did an incredible job making it happen. This oh, is yeah. some this is something that I don't think CGI would not look right. No, no, it would not look right. It would not have the same feel. And there is moments in this where you're like, oh, that's not the actress's face. That's a mold. Yeah, but it's not about that actress's face. It's about what's going on in that scene or like, okay, when the guy shoves his hands all the way up through the person's body out their yeah. mouth.
2: Yeah, Oh, and, and the, the eyes with the fingers pops yeah, out the, the eyes and stuff.
1: Oh, oh. it Crazy. doesn't look... It doesn't look 100 percent real, but it's enough to make you realize what's happening and be a little bit uncomfortable about it. But also it's it's a cool effect. It is so good. And then that scene is that that shot, not the shot, the uh, action is repeated at the end when our uh, main character turns somebody inside out.
2: Yeah, that was wild. Awesome. I love that part <laughs> so much. That was, was like one of my favorite parts. I was like, yeah, just rip me
1: out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's like, this is the reason to watch this film, in all honesty. There's not much to... It's a Beverly Hills drama for the first hour. And <laughs> then the last 30 minutes... Beverly Hills teen drama, to be clear. And then the last 30 minutes goes off the rails... With somebody's head being replaced with a hand, uh somebody's arms and l- arms being used as feet, the butt head, the shunting. It's the it's endless. It's a dream world uh to just make you feel unsettled. It's wild. I loved it. <laughs> I, yeah. got to, I got to that scene. I was like, this is amazing.
2: Well, yeah, because you see the bedroom scene where Billy walks in while he's trying to escape everybody downstairs. And you see mom laying in bed, uh, Nan, who's just laying there doing nothing. He's like, oh, hey, hands are out. And then it turns out you find out that his sister is absorbed with her. And when they come out of bed, you see the weird amalgamation that the two of them are. And then you see dad pop out. You know, and yeah. He looks like that character from the uh, this weird cartoon they used to have. Uh, I think it was on Adult Swim. I think it was called Assy e. McGee. Where the dude is just legs and a butt and talks out of his rear, <laughs> yeah. and that's what Dad is, you know. And it's like, hey, I guess you were right. I am a butthead.
1: It's it's, it's amazing.
2: Oh my! God, it's so so nuts. Nice. And then the the psychiatrist that we see in the beginning of the movie that you know tries to guide Billy through everything. You know, you see him and his head. He, you know, his head turns into that giant hand, and then yes, he has the arm right. that stretches out, trying to looks like it's going to flick him before yes. he goes through the door into the bedroom and sees Mom and Dad and all them. Oh. Yep.
1: Whew. It's and. On top of that entire shunting scene and all that, it's filmed with like a red lens over it or a red filter because everything it just adds to that little bit of like the sound design on this. I didn't mention that in the music. The sound design on this for this scene specifically is another reason to give it a three for as forgettable as the music is the sound is gross the squelching and liquid sounds that you just don't like they're, yeah they're not enjoyable sounds and they did such a good job with that but then filming it with that red lens also is just another unsettling choice that was so good such a good choice danger so,
2: danger danger danger
1: yeah did you give your score for this did we agree
2: Oh, I gave uh, the, the editing, the special effects a four.
1: Yeah, so because people, I mean they're great. Yeah, because like I said earlier,
2: you got to remember that this is a movie that was made originally nineteen eighty nine. So it's yeah. not going to be the same as what you get today. Things were way grittier. It was mostly practical effects that you would see. You wouldn't see much in the way of anything computer generated. So working with what they had to pull this off. And seeing all the stretchy bits of everyone connecting together, the mouths attached to another person—just it was so bizarre. But with the way they they set it up, it, it worked out pretty well for that whole group scene for the shunting.
1: Oh yeah, I would prefer this is an this is a case where I prefer the practical effects every day, any day in any movie, and this scene just like. To pull this off, it's amazing, it's fantastic.
2: It, it made me think of the kind of weird, like stuff you'd see in like anime from like the 80s and 90s, if you're watching that. Because you know, how like some of those had really bizarre things with bodies, you know, being just morphing into different shapes and crazy things. Mm-hmm. Seeing that made me think so much that. And with it being Screaming Matt George doing the effects, then of course, you know, there's a big connection there, it seems like.
1: Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. That's a connection I did not think of, and. N- that makes a ton of sense. So we both give this a four and I want to jump into script here. Um, I gave the script to two. I actually, in hindsight, I'm wanting to bring that up because as we're talking about it, I'm thinking about all the little script elements throughout this film that were actually really clever that led to the shunting scene. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the script's not necessarily brilliant, but there's, the movie itself at the beginning is really uncomfortable because it's giving off like this brother main character is discovering or believes he is discovering that his family is part of an incestuous cult. And there's definitely weird relationship with like the father, mother and daughter. And they talk about her coming out party And then his friend brings over a recording that he, he had bugged her earring or something and brings over a recording. And they're talking about basically doing it with each other. And what the, the doing it that they're referring to is the shunting, but it's really kind of an unsettling, like, is this an incestuous family? It's very,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's very like, it's very uncomfortable. But it's also very darkly funny throughout the entire movie. I thought there were many like being darkly funny. It's not always laugh out loud jokes. It's very tongue in cheek jokes. Like it's not taking itself super seriously. It's having a good time with what it's doing, but also trying to keep you interested and keep you a little bit off balance
2: well yeah because you're thinking it's 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 human family taboo but hey they're not human they're totally weird so this is normal for them yeah uh it's it's weirdly bizarre you know because you think that you know through the beginning there's there's some spots with the dialogue where there's some issues but there's some other parts very telling that leads (laughs) up to the whole thing with the shunting because like in the beginning there's the line where you know after you get through the opening sequence and then you see billy talking to his therapist about everything he does he always feels alone, he doesn't belong. And then you know, the, the psychiatrist is talking. He looks at him, he's like, You get every you're gonna get what you deserve. You know that, right? And he's like, What? And he's like, You're gonna make such a good you're gonna make such an amazing or a great contribution to society. Not four, but two. Yeah. And I so once I heard that, I was like, Oh, he's yep. gonna get sacrificed or <laughs> some kind of stuff. You know that dude is so gonna just he's gonna bite the big one in the end, man.
1: Yep and that's it's something that you know the first time I'm watching it I'm not picking up on these little cues and then in hindsight I go back and I think about it and I'm like that was actually way more clever than it deserved to be like it it was <laughs> so much fun so well thought out again it's not a masterpiece of a film it's not revolutionary it is a darkly comedic tongue in cheek look at classism secret societies however you want to take this route but it's a good time that's the best way i can describe it uh There's so parts. oh yeah do you want to dive into script more or was that about all you had to say for it
2: well i mean oh, let's see I don't know, like, just some of the dialogue just felt kind of flat for me in a lot of spots, especially when it came to like his contention when talking with his parents.
1: I would it's agree. Like, yeah,
2: the, the dialogue between him and the sister character was pretty decent overall, but then like some of the stuff with his friend seemed kind of like kind of cheesy. But I mean, maybe that was the intention.
1: Uh, the friend who actually Milo becomes the sacrifice.
2: No, 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 no. That was Blanchard, the friend oh, who okay. was dating his sister okay. that yep, they, yep. they thought died in the car accident.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah Blanchard
2: was a whole other thing, man. At <laughs> first, you think the dude's a super creep because, you know, he he, he shows up the at the beginning yeah. of the movie. And then the, his sister was like out the window talking to him and I, like, hey, could you go stop him? Don't tell him to go away. And then before they're even in the house, apparently dude has somehow snuck into her room without her knowing it and is hiding in her closet. I was like, what? I, that just seems ridiculous to me, but I don't know, that's whatever. And <laughs> like, to think that they're friends after the fact, it's like, it didn't seem like that at first. He just seemed like some guy that was just being a creep. Right. Not that he was a friend with him necessarily.
1: Right. And that was one of those scenes that, you know, the first time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, uh, 80s trope, like somebody peeking the voyeurism aspect of watching her change, hiding in the closet. But then later down the road, you find out that he was actually there for a reason, that he's kind of been on to this society. And he was bugging the sister to I was like, man, such a little scene that I thought was just going to be like played for laughs, basically. And it actually had some significance on leading the brother down the path that he goes on. Uh, Dude, it sent him spiraling. Yeah. And then, oh. To repeat it when so he brings the brother that tape and they listen to it under the boardwalk. And it's, it was, you know, in an incestuous situation. It's gross what is being said. And then you get to the later scene after the brother has dropped the tape off with his psychiatrist and the tape is completely different.
2: Then you know he's in on it. It's like, oh, yes, it's kind of a gun. It's, it's, it's solidified. You know now, for a fact, this dude is in on the game.
1: Yep. See, there's all these great moments. And then the script also falters because we have not mentioned an entire side storyline with, like, the brother's girlfriend and the parties at the beach and the party at the pool house. And they're really... Oh, yeah. That really, yeah, it's the script in those moments, I thought was when it's at its weakest, when it's that typical arrogant kid on the beach who's talking down to him all the time. I'm like, yeah, this is this is nothing special to me. It eventually ends up that he's part of it, too. But it still just wasn't that fantastic. So we're pretty much in agreement on the script three.
2: Yeah. then the drama between the main character, Billy, and his girlfriend, Shauna, it's kind of weak sauce. Yes. I mean, it had its part to play in the story, you know, throughout it. Once he started hooking up with, uh, Devin character.
1: Yep. Who, wasn't she a playgirl?
2: I don't know, but I have seen Devin DeVasquez in other films. One of my favorite movies, uh, from that era, house two, the second story.
1: Okay. How- I loved house one. And then when I watched oh, house, film. yeah. Then when I watched house two, I was like, what is this? So I need to give it a second chance.
2: I, I loved House Two. I love House One. I love them both. And there's actually four films. Please oh, don't wow. watch three and four. They're just god awful. Just, just <laughs> no. Just stay away from me. It's like two, it. It's like Hellraiser after
1: <laughs> after some point in Hellraiser, you just should not show up anymore. Yeah, but just yeah. give it
2: up. Just give it up. You know. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Dem Demi though, she's fantastic. I like her. And most of the people that you see in the film, it, you know, they're not amazing. But you you see some faces, and you're like, oh, I recognize that person for some. Just like uh, the the friend Milo. I recognize him from other stuff, too.
1: Yeah. So then let's actually touch on the acting while we're here. It seems we're headed that direction anyways. I gave the acting a three, um, which I, you know, might be a little harsh. I thought the acting was good. I thought our lead gave me there were moments when I was like, oh, he's Zac Efron. and Then, <laughs> there, then there were moments when I was like, I'm getting Michael J. Fox vibes from him.
2: definitely yeah Yeah, i was getting that a lot from billy Whitlock.
1: yes he balanced i don't want to say he balanced it because it didn't feel balanced it was kind of he kind of had that zach efron thing going sometimes and then he had the uh, um michael j fox thing going obviously the michael j fox stuff was way more endearing um and made me like him the whole time he's also looking like Uncle Jesse's younger brother from Full House, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, he, he definitely had that going on. But I definitely like I see him in like some of those scenes, the way he was acting, I definitely thought Michael J. Fox and then like my brain I, did my, I just automatically went to Teen Wolf.
1: Yes, oh. another great film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Fantastic. Yep. And Teen Wolf too, also a great film.
1: Yes. But I so those were the that's kind of where the acting felt for me. That's why I gave it a three. Those Michael J. Fox moments were endearing and fun and great performance. But then some of those Zac Efron moments were just kind of dry and cardboardy. But the supporting cast overall just looks like they're there to have a good time. (laughs) They are the tearing up the shunting scene. The parents are playing. (laughs) The parents are playing their parts with such like just a again just a tongue in cheek attitude that like they are not taking themselves seriously because they know who they are and he's losing his mind and he's about to be their sacrifice they don't really care that he's losing his mind they just gently reassure him and move on and it's thoroughly enjoyable but again there's no like depth to the performances it's just a ton of fun
2: It is. There's a lot, there's, there's a lot of comical stuff. There's some things that you kind of enjoy out of it, but you know, you you definitely see with like the acting direction overall, uh, everybody had some weird stuff going on a little bit here and there. Like the psychiatrist guy, he was, he he was pretty spot on with his thing. He was pretty good. Uh, He he seemed like someone who was like genuinely in that as a, you know, to be the psychiatrist, he was believable, you know? And then the parents, the, I don't know, the, the parents, the whole acting with them fell kind of flat, you know? The, it seemed more of like a, a laissez-faire gaslighting kind of thing yes it's like they're definitely. trying to like like oh not a big deal blah, blah blah, but it doesn't seem like there was a lot of force and a lot like a lot of intent in it you know that you want to see when when someone's given a performance but yeah other, some other that people you get a lot of like you guys we're gonna remember like i said this movie came out in late 89 and this the acting at that time and it's with it being kind of a b-film it's you get B-film acting for the most part with a few moments here and there where things are pretty good. Yes. So like Evan Richards as Milo, he did, a, I think he did an okay job. He did a pretty decent job as a friend and with the way he played that role and then dude that played Blanchard um, Tim Barthel, Um he, he was okay. He worked out pretty decent as being like a weird dude who seems like a conspiracy nut who's starting to freak out that people don't, don't want to associate with. But then you know, Billy was already that as the main character. He just was more exacerbated with his paranoia and his unsureness about what's going on around him and his, his place in the family dynamic. Um yeah. Devin Vasquez as Clarissa, she she was pretty good. Um she didn't have a lot of dialogue necessarily until no. like more through the halfway part of the film, especially towards the end. Um, but she didn't really have to because she was more there for the look and the action of it. Um, but she still, even with the role she played, I still thought it was a good job. The Toronto the Girlfriend just was a bit too cheesy over the top for like an 80s high school thing. Like I said, maybe that's the intention. That's yes. The Hollywood, you know, Beverly, Beverly Hills drama, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Um, overall, the, the cast wasn't too bad. And then most of those people are, are, are usually like bit players anyway. If you look at any of their catalogs, most of them were in a few small production film stuffs. And maybe produced a few things, but didn't really go as far as that past the mid 90s or late 90s. So, I mean, there's not really you could expect out of the whole crew in general. Um, and it's, it's fine for what it was, but the, the way they acted, though, when it came to the shunting and once everything was exposed and they were out and Billy knew what was up I and mean, what they were, then things got a little more crazy, a little more comical, and a lot more fun once you hit that.
1: Yeah, that's that's when you see the psychiatrist character pull like a complete 180 and just hams up the rest of the film. as He hams it so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and actually, you Devin DeVasquez's character is about the only one from the society who develops a conscience. And he she kind of has that soft spot for. uh For the main character.
2: Oh, dude! They don't even like explain why why Devin Vasquez Clarissa's mom is nuts. They don't even dive into that. She's no, just there as like <laughs> a weird lump who's also part of society, but yeah. like does some old her own weird thing because she's like cuckoo in the cocoa puffs or something. We, yeah. we don't know. They don't even explain any part of that or what happened with that and Clarissa's dynamic with the family home. And I, it, that part was kind of weird for me as part of the story goes. Yeah, so I would I have liked to totally learn a little agree. more on the back end of that.
1: Yeah, what was the mom's story? Because the mom was definitely. Uh, not well explained. So Don't touch the hair. yeah, let's dive in a direction then. Cause I, I gave the direction a two, which is a little harsh, um, especially after I praised the film this much. But as we were just diving into there, there's a lot in this movie that doesn't always make sense. And that is because the director, it was his first time directing that doesn't detract from the quality. Um, he was focused on the surrealism of the situation. It's often said that anybody who works with practical effects, that during a practical effect shot, the artist of the effect is the director, not the director of the film. And Yuzna came, came from that background with, um, I'm, I already said reanimator and films like that. But this was his first directorial debut and the film's just well done. It's not anything fantastic for the beginning, but then when those practical effects come in, the directing steps up a notch. But I did take off because there's a lot that doesn't make sense, like the mom. And then also just why I'm not even sure it's exactly explained why the girlfriend or the second girlfriend's interest, why she kind of develops a soft spot halfway through when the rest of society does not. Why does one of them kind of build this conscious conscience?
2: Yeah. Nobody explains that. It's like, what the heck, man? Come on. Yeah, give so, us some fill here.
1: Yeah. So as great and as fun as this movie is, is far from perfect. Uh, there's really not outside of the special effects shots. There's really not much to write home about as far as direction goes.
2: Right. Like the one scene where they're at the funeral for Blanchard and his, his rival for the school presidency comes up to him, talks to him. It's yes. like they go straight from after that, straight to him pulling up into the woods. Uh, there could have been uh, maybe uh, a roadway shot showing him traveling to destination, you know, just to kind of give it that, that sense of time lapse instead of just a straight jump cut from, yeah. from funeral to the woods from him parking and his buddy pulling up behind him unknown. Um, and then there's like some other parts of that where like the way they they lined things up just seemed kind of off. And I really mm-hmm. wish like there were some scenes that they'd done a little bit different stuff with the lighting. Like I said, you know, of course, like I said, being the late 80s, cameras weren't as sophisticated as they are now. So I mean, yeah, they maybe had to do what they could with certain certain places. But I just, ah man, I wish they could have done a little bit more with the lighting and maybe done some more kind of camera work to help express more of billy's paranoia you know what i mean
1: yes yo i know exactly i know exactly what you mean so and funny that you're saying that i was watching this thinking i would actually love a remake of this done by the right person um have you seen have you seen hereditary and midsummer
2: no i have not
1: okay Or his most recent one was Bo is Afraid, but Ari Aster is the director. And he is fantastic at very dark humor, but creating very unsettling atmospheres and environments. And I'm like, man, I actually think with his skill level to approach this same story, it would be a totally different film. It would probably be one of the hardest films to watch because of just his style. But it's, it's a story that I think you could remake and remake in an interesting way. And again, like we've talked about keeping it practical, but there's, there's something here that I think the director just missed a little bit. And I think in better hands, this would have been wildly. I Unsettling is not the right word because it's already unsettling, but I don't know. I, I think, like we've said, he just missed a couple of spots here. There's the, some tension that's missing early in the film and so on.
2: Okay, so I haven't seen Bo is Afraid, but I've watched the trailer. I want to watch that movie. It looks like a super trip. So it is I'm a down, down to, I'm down to watch that. But what I've seen from the trailer, with regards to the story and the effects and like how they look the Yes, if the guy who did that did a remake of this, that w- could be pretty awesome. And I'd be super down to watch that. I'd be all for it.
1: Yeah, he's he's just got that unique style that I think he could pull, pull this off where most other directors couldn't. So then that can actually lead to the it factor, the cultural significance of this film. Um, I gave it a two. The film... We kind of touched on it at the beginning. It was released in the UK three years before it was released in the States. And then when it was released, it basically just flopped at the box office. It did nothing there. Yeah, it was more successful in the UK than it was here. And it hasn't been until recently that it's kind of developed that cult following of fans
2: understandable it's it's, it's uh, there's a lot of films like that from that time period that you know people have a lot of cult followings for but i mean what the thing that gets me the most though overall is is the ending like it the ending fell so flat for me i don't know about you but like they they, they managed to make their way out you know him his friend milo and his now new girlfriend who's part of society clarissa and they just hop in a jeep roll out early morning like whatever and we don't know anything that happens after that. Like, where? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> where's the resolution? I mean, yeah, they escaped, and yeah, there's society all over the place, unbeknownst to us, but I, I would have expected more for an ending other than just hopping in the Jeep and rolling out super hard.
1: Yeah, so there was a sequel planned, actually, as late as 2013. Oh. I don't know what happened to that, but it was, it was called Society Body Modifications. <laughs> okay. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. Apparently, there is a sequel comic book series. Oh, that I've never heard of. And I I want to try to find it now. Um, But yeah, I agree. It's it's also one of those 80s films that just ends. They escape the situation and it's over with zero resolution. Basically, Billy just found out that his family's gone. What is he going to do? What is he going home to? He has a member of society with him. How does she – there's a lot of unanswered questions.
2: Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, I, there, it was a comic book series, Scottish comic book company, Rough Cut Comics. Okay. They They acquired the rights in 2002 to produce an official sequel. Um, and then the series returned in 2003 with Society, Party Animal by uh, Colin Barr and artist Shelby Robertson. They did, it uh, looks like, I think, two issues.
1: Huh.
2: Yeah, so that's that's what I got on that. I don't I don't want anything more than
1: that. Well, now I want I want to read them though. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going sure to find them. Yeah. Uh I also kind of struggled finding this movie. Where where did you said it was streaming on
2: Uh yeah, I saw it was streaming on Plex. There's a oh, okay. I, I just looked up I just looked up Society for Free. Yeah. Googled it and it gave me a few options of stuff to check out and I just Happened to have that app I could load on my TV. So okay, uh, busted it up. Yeah. It says crackle when you play it, but it shows the platforms Plex.
1: Oh, gotcha. Crackle. I think, I think it's yeah. on
2: Sling also.
1: Okay. I have the. I ended up doing like a one week trial of Screambox so I could watch it. But now I'm looking into like I've subscribed to Shudder for years now.
2: No, um, I forgot good stuff on there.
1: Yes. But now I'm looking at uh, Arrow Video, which does remasters of a lot of these old 80s 90s 70s even cult movies they do high definition remasters and re-releases on blu-ray uh they actually started a streaming service that i didn't realize until after i'd watched it that this movie was available on it called arrow player but now i'm looking into that i'm like man i want i want to watch some more of these trippy wild movies
2: Oh, dude you you can find such a plethora of crazy yet somewhat like comical horror films from the eighties and early nineties. There's so many. Have you here's Have you ever heard of uh, Sleepaway Camp?
1: Oh yeah, I just made my wife watch that with me on our vacation.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Have you watched the other Sleepaway Camp movies?
1: I watched two and started three.
2: Okay, I, yep. I think there's four or five.
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, man, that's actually that's actually one of my favorite campy like horror films of like the 80s, 90s.
1: Yep. And Sleepaway that Camp. The first one is not one that you could remake today. And today's no, society. no, no. no. Nope. but people would
2: lose their gourd.
1: Yep. And then uh, what what's one of my favorite franchises? Uh, anyways, we'll, <laughs> we'll move on from that. But there's Puppet some Master. what
2: Puppet Master
1: great one that's a that's one of my favorite full series moon of productions horror. right
2: yeah i've yeah. got the whole collection there's like 10 films there was even one i think it was like number nine or 10 cory was or no cory feldman was in it i was like what really <laughs> oh yeah wow. i got the whole collection it's crazy but it's like one of my favorite <laughs> series of horror films next to nightmare on elm street
1: yep and oh man nightmare on elm street i love those i love i love the jason movies i'm a jason fan um, Freddie's my
2: number one guy. Always yeah, will be. Yeah, he's just. The campiness. Uh, yes, he's so fantastic. Wonderful.
1: I just think there's so many. Unfortunately, there's so many more Friday the 13th movies. I still think the first. Here's the. Uh, people will be angry in the comments on this, but every Friday the 13th sequel is better than the original. Like, I don't think the original Friday the 13th is that good. I think it's a psycho ripoff. And then. <laughs> Everything after that is just a ton of fun. Um, actually, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, said it best describing the slasher boom of the 80s. He said, It's really just slapstick. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I get it. It's I, horror slapstick.
2: Chase and kill, chase and kill, chase and kill. Yep. How do we go about it? That- How long does it take us to do it?
1: Yep. And I don't think it's that scary. It, there's very little scare to it it's just atmosphere and strange fun strange fun
2: okay Oh yeah. the, then there's others like uh creep show i think there's like a couple of those and then uh tales from the dark side oh they yeah had, the like, anthologies for those
1: uh yeah. Sh- shutter has their they revitalized creep show
2: oh right
1: they just released season four in time for halloween i've been having a good time with really? that yeah
2: so oh, it's a series not just a movie yep oh, is it, it am
1: i am i saying the wrong thing
2: just back in the 80s there was there was creep show and creep show 2 yeah. and it was like it was like multiple stories in one movie
1: yep so shutter brought it back and they're now four seasons deep same idea creep show it's two stories an episode so like 25 minutes each and oh, okay. they bring in some pretty big names sometimes they kicked off season 4 um you know who mike flanagan is
2: oh, i swear to god i do i've seen him before
1: okay I he directed uh last big movie was doctor sleep with even mcgregor the sequel to the shining um Wait, that was a sequel
2: yeah oh i didn't
1: and know and then yep and then he did the tv series for netflix midnight mass haunting of hill house And he just released the Edgar Allan Poe adaptation of The Fall of the House of Usher. Mm. So he's been in the horror community. He's probably one of my favorite modern horror directors, but he directed the first story in the first episode for season four. And it's so they get some they get some big names for it. Creep show, creep shows definitely worth checking out. Well, I think
2: he was born in Salem, Massachusetts.
1: So (laughs) So he was
2: destined (laughs) destined for
1: this. All right. So we got sidetracked there, Uh, but that's okay. That's what this is about. All right. So diving in my entertainment level for this film, eight out of 10. Honestly, I had a great time with this film flaws and all. I think it had just enough flaws to remind me that it was an 80s film. It's not perfect by any stretch. But it also was just a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun with it. Eight out of 10.
2: For me, uh, I gave it a six out of 10. For me, like I said, I, I grew up watching a lot of stuff like this. So it's, it's totally a B film for me. Um, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's just, it just wasn't amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: uh, with you know some of the acting and with some of the direction, it, it, it's, it it's more what put me at a six. And then there's the horrible ending.
1: Yeah, you know? that's totally then, fair. <laughs> yeah. Totally fair. All right. So my total score, adding up all of those together, that puts me at a 31, which would be, I always have to remember this, which is not good. Um, (laughs) 31 puts it at the top of okay. 31 to 35 is good.
2: Okay. Yeah. Mine looks like mine added up to the same, a total of 31. Okay. Uh, it's like we were pretty much spot on for most of it, for for category for category. I mean All right, exceptions there. So,
1: so yeah. that makes averaging this out really easy. Um, <laughs> and it's ideally what the average is going to do is going to give us an idea of how these movies work in social situations. Um. It depends on the crowd you're with, but it's an okay movie for social situations. It's not a good one for social situations. There are going to be a (laughs) lot of people turned off by a lot of this movie. So they're either know your crowd. Yeah. Know your crowd you're with. Um, If you're with those eighties horror lovers, the practical effects lovers, they'll be all for it. Yes. Put this movie on that changes the score entirely. Um, But if, you're with a general crowd for halloween this is one you might want to steer away from and it's not because the movie itself is bad uh it's just going to be really hard for some people to get into when whether that's because of the 80s um beverly hills drama at the beginning that some people just will think is too cheesy for right now or because it's the shunting scene at the end that some people want nothing to do with
2: it's, well, I did it threw me off when they said shunting. I'm like, wait, did I just hear that right? They they call it shunting? What? Oh, <laughs> totally threw me off when I heard that. I was so confused at first.
1: Yeah, do you know what do you know what shunting is?
2: I have no clue.
1: Uh so shunting is a medical term, actually. Um I'm gonna see if I can find it. Oh, wait, is that like
2: a thing where they, they they like for heart valves or something? Or am I thinking of something different?
1: No, I think they put I in think a shunt right. for something? Yeah. So a shunt, well, that's different anyways. (laughs) Uh, What does a shunting mean medically? A shunt is a hollow tube surgically placed in the brain or occasionally in the spine to help drain cerebral spinal fluid and redirect it to another location in the body where it can be reabsorbed. So that just changes. Uh Uh what's happening in that final scene (laughs) now i understand they are sucking up the cerebrospinal fluid and no material but yes yes so that explains why they call it the shunting there at the end
2: okay i can work with that
1: yep all right well jonathan i think that wraps us up for this episode we managed once we hit the special effects we (laughs) dragged this episode out perfect yeah
2: all right yeah i'm all for it
1: all right. Well, thank you for joining. I hope you had a good time. I had a good thank time for having me. Yep. I, I had I a good time talking. It. So for those of you following along, this will be. Night nine of our 13 nights of Halloween. So we have just a couple more nights to get you through. A couple more guests coming up. Some I think Damn. they're great films coming up. So make sure that you are subscribed, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Rumble, whatever, pick your poison. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on the next couple. Jonathan, thanks for joining.
2: Tim, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yep,
1: (laughs) hopefully you join us again someday.